Hello, everybody, and welcome on into the free kick. Martino Puccio, Gio Cozzolino here. We promise Chelsea Kabarkis will be back with us for next week's episode. She just has some stuff that she needs to take care of, and once she's back, she's going to drive the energy up even further oh, yeah. because we know Gio's lacking yeah, we need lots some of that. that. Yeah, yeah, I know. Well, especially you, you need that, right? Yeah, so right. we had tons of great games that happened over the weekend, midweek as well, that we got to Champions League action, and then Premier League, El Clasico uh, took place, which was a crazy game. Great finish to that one. But we're going to be talking about Liverpool, man. I mean, how are they not the story of this whole entire football season, and especially the weekend, right? We see Liverpool going in there, facing off against 19th place Watford. Everybody's chalking it up as a win. Tons of people probably had them in parlays. Not only that, just single game uh, bets where you could just expect to win a lot of money there. But lo and behold, Watford goes in at home 3-0 thumping of Liverpool. It wasn't even one of those cases where they escaped narrowly, Gio, in this. 44 games unbeaten in the Premier League. That run has come to an end for Liverpool. Yeah, I mean, and Watford got it done in a nice fashion. I watched the match as well, and Saar was amazing. You know, a good, good talent for Watford as well, and... Dini obviously getting a goal. There, there were some lapses in the defense. I saw even like Van Dyke, and he's the talk of Liverpool for the past you know couple of years or so since he joined. It's Possibly really his worst game. At yeah, Liverpool. it did look very bad. Um, he, couple times on the first two goals at least he got caught out where he was a part of being uh, you know culpable in some in the goals that that were conceded. So yeah. I mean it was surprising. No one saw this coming. I mean. 3-0, you can never tell me you would think that you, they would be shut out at least or not make it close, but they just were bashed. And at, at some point, a streak like that's going to come to an end, you know, yeah. and 18 matches in the Premier League this season almost uh, broke Man City's record. They just tied them there. So, you know, it's, it was impressive nonetheless. Uh, one, I think one of the greatest runs we'll see in, you know, in the future, near future, because it's hard, I think, for any team to really yeah. ever repeat I know, that. I, know, I don't think the teams below will be struggling in that. There, there's just like a, so many different factors that play into oh, yeah. a season like this that, that matter, right? I mean, we see Manchester City's injury issues. We see the rise of Leicester City. We got clubs like Spurs, Chelsea, Man United, all kind of struggling, but they're right there in the mix for the Champions League spot. Mm -hmm. But... Don't get it mixed up. This is all about Liverpool and how dominant they've been. They did lose twice within the past couple of weeks. The Atletico loss and now this loss. But they're still able to win the treble, right? They're still in the mix for all that. Um, they're going to win the Premier League. It's just a matter of when. That'll be in recent weeks. I know some fans were a little upset because they wanted to win the title and clinch it against Everton. Because I, I totally understand you want to do that against one of your main rivals. Um, Champions League, they're still in the mix for that. That one nothing loss against Atletico. It, it stinks, but at the same time, only a one-goal deficit, and they head back to Anfield. We saw what they pulled off last year against Barcelona there. I mean, Gio, do you think this was actually a good thing that they lost now? The pressure is off of them to chase Arsenal in that invincible season. Then they could really just focus on winning the Champions League because the Premier League is locked up, and that's something we talked about. Yeah, this is a big topic of, of discussion, um, whether this loss really opens things up for them, right? Because now uh, we've talked about it ourselves, but now we can tell everybody else where it's really, you know, they're really going to probably rest some guys in the league. They're not going to really go hard yeah. at it anymore, especially with the Champions League run. Me and you are both confident that they can turn that around and uh, win in the second leg at home because, you know, Atletico may have shut them out, and, yeah, there are no away goals. But Atletico also doesn't have the, the attack that they usually had or in the past couple of years. They don't score many goals. So, hey, at Anfield, you know, as long as the defense is on top of their game, you know, Van Dyke goes back to being Van Dyke, not like that last game, there's not going to really be really any issue. I think all the focus is going to go on repeating the Champions League, right? And even if, and if they're able to repeat winning the Champions League, I mean, that – Makes Three up straight for the, finals that, in that makes up for the the undefeated you know losing the undefeated season. I don't think you really care at that. I point. don't think I don't think fans don't even care think that now. much about the undefeated season simply because they haven't won a Premier League title right. in the modern day era in the new Premier League. Right, all their titles, all eighteen of those league titles came prior to this. So this is the first time they're actually going to be lifting this new trophy. So I don't think they care. I don't think they should care because they have the best team in Europe and it's shown. But I want to talk about the Champions League odds, right? Because Manchester City is still far and away the favorites for that, um, as you could see with the FanDuel Sportsbook here. 
plus 240 for Manchester City. Bayern, after a really nice win at Chelsea, plus 340. They lose Lewandowski for a little while. But then there's Liverpool, plus 600. Is that something that you would like to jump on top of again? Because, again, if you're if you're feeling very confident in Liverpool being able to pull this off, especially not only the tie against Atletico, there hasn't been a team, again, in this competition in the Champions League this year that's saying, we're the most dominant team, you can't stop us, no matter who we're matched up with or aligned with, we are going to win. There hasn't been that team, and now Liverpool at plus 600, even if you do like City, plus 240 isn't the greatest odds. But, again... If you feel confident in Liverpool, they're not going to be losing many matches throughout the rest of this campaign. Plus 600 is pretty good money. Yeah, plus 600 is a beautiful number that you'd want to jump on. I mean, I understand the plus 240 for Man City. I, I do because they did. They were favorites prior to oh, that. Oh, absolutely. Match, and yeah. even winning that match away at the Bernabeu, getting two away goals, you know, that's an impressive display, especially because maybe for what, 65, 70 minutes of it, it was, you know, Real Madrid in control. It seemed like they were at yeah. least going to. But you they know, couldn't get, get a, that second yeah, goal. They, that's the that issue. That was important for them, and they couldn't put one in the net. And then. Out of nowhere, De Bruyne, right, best midfielder in the world right so now. So it came down to you know, the midfield. It came down to that. He worked his magic, assist, goal, and then, you know, that's, that's all it takes. Car, it, it, oh, football, the, that's how it is, right? The, the defensive minutes. lapses of Real Madrid were just so absolutely ridiculous. Danny Carvajal, that was one of the dumbest and stupidest tackles that you could honestly make at that point. At a certain point, when someone's coming within the box like that and you're a defender, you got to just admit defeat and not go for the foul because you'd rather have someone send in a cross and hope that your defenders are positioned well, your goalkeeper is positioned well, rather than give away a penalty, right? Because the odds of them scoring a penalty is obviously much higher than them scoring a cross because at the end of the day, I don't think Thibaut Courtois played his greatest game that day. And he was in a really good stretch and he even played well in El Clasico as well well to rebound from that game but the positioning from Sergio Ramos on that goal that Gabriel Jesus scored I mean as well as the cross was placed as well as Gabriel Jesus put his head to the ball that's also poor positioning from Sergio Ramos and Thibaut Courtois yeah, I mean, and we've said it multiple times this season. Well, you 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 don't like Courtois at all, so we we, we know we've established. I, I just that. don't think he was worth. He's not better than Kaylor Navas. He's not worth well, getting money, rid of that right. money. And and then there's plenty of keepers out there that I'd rather take over Thibaut Courtois. I do think he's world class on his best day, but. For Real Madrid, he's not consistent enough for a guy that you pay all that money for and you give it to the boot of one of the three best keepers in the world. No, I understand that. And I mean, you mentioned Navas too, who has done it for Real Madrid. It's surprising yeah. when he left as well because he's been pretty good you know, for PSG as well. So it's, it is something where you, you kind of think to yourself, why make the move? But listen, it came down to that. The, 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 the tie is over. I mean, that first leg, you can't take it back. So you got to just... For Real Madrid, I go home and, you know, I mean, uh, go away and try to get a result. But about Liverpool, this is about Liverpool. Yeah. Plus 600, I didn't get to say before, but I would jump all over that. I really am yeah. confident that they can turn around this tie. one nothing is nothing. 1-0 is nothing for them. It really is. And I think that uh, they can come back. They have all the attack options that they need to do it. No suspensions. Um, no, you know, it's, it's really a matter of... Will they be on their game that day? If they're off again like they were against Watford, okay, then... It's hard seeing them be off in that many games consistently, right? Because yeah, it's been all the time, there's there's few teams over the course of history, right? Very, very rarely. And I know we see it with Juve in Serie A. We see it with Bayern in the Bundesliga. That sometimes a lead doesn't feel so insurmountable, right? Like when they're down 2 nothing. And you know the 75th minute, you still think Liverpool can not only tie that game, that they can win. Well, even that in game, the Watford right? match, I was waiting. Exactly. No, I was happened. waiting too. It was like in the 75th minute. You know, it's two to three, nothing, and you're like, ah, oh, Liverpool's got a chance here. All they need mm -hmm. to do is get one. Unfortunately, it didn't happen for them, and I kind of think it's just a blip. It's a little bit of an anomaly. This isn't something that we're going to be coming to expect because at the end of the day, Atletico is still a very difficult tie. You have to give respect to some of these teams, right? We can't just always strictly talk about how poor Liverpool was playing. I think it, it matters that teams are stepping up, and they're trying to slowly figure out that there is a chink in Liverpool's armor. Um, again, so plus 600, we know we like to go history and form. We go back and forth on that, and I think history does matter. I'm not saying it's completely irrelevant, but now, going to three straight finals, we said this, we discussed this um, after the AccuScore segment last week. 
doesn't matter on how difficult it is to get three straight, get to three straight finals. Of course it matters because you have all, first of all, you have the top competition every year, right? Lately, we haven't really seen the dark horse come through and, you know, win or get to a final. Actually, you know, I take that back. Tonham actually surprised me, you know, when they went to the final. Of course, but, yeah. But oh, other course. than that, it's just, you, you know, you get the Real Madrid, you get the Barcelonas, you get the PSG of late with, you know, the but rosters you don't, that they have. Rarely, you rarely you see a team that dominates the league like they do and get to a final. Yeah, it's not right. like the NBA where, you know, LeBron went to the finals every year. You it's know? a totally, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a totally so different, different sport where you you have the best teams and the best players always win Absolutely. in the NBA and basketball. That's a different kind of sport. But when it's kind of a one-all tie, anything can happen. Absolutely. We've seen we've seen miracles happen all the time. We even see it over the course of a season with Leicester City as well. Not only were they the best team at that point, it's still surprising to see that because on paper, most of the time, teams do come through in other sports. In this sport, it's it could totally go out of whack. Yeah. Even the wage bill can be irrelevant at times. We see that even with Milan, as well as another example. No, it's true though, no, because they have the wage bill is up there, top five, they're not even finishing top three at times. You see Atalanta, Lazio, they're not spending all this types of money. Mm -hmm. It's a scouting department and, and guys that are universally kind of accepted as some of the best on paper, that doesn't always turn out. Right, it doesn't. I mean, it, it takes a lot. It takes a, uh, the will of the players and whatnot also to get things done. But I just want to ask you really quickly, sure. where do you think this run ranks all time? And we were talking about, do you do you think it matters to them that, you know, that they lost the undefeated season or that they could reach I think it matters points? to an extent, but I think they would be more upset if they were eliminated from certain competitions. The fact that they're still in play to right, win right. the treble it's easier to swallow. But for me, it's up there. It can't be Arsenal's because Arsenal did it throughout the season. I think it can be just as good, if not better, than Manchester City from last season. But we're going to have to try and slowly figure that out. Yeah. I mean, uh, like seriously now, that this is amazing considering where Liverpool were in recent years and now going to win their first Premier League title in, in decades. This is massive. This was one of the greatest runs that you ever see. If you couldn't appreciate it during the time, then yeah, you'll never be able to appreciate yeah. that. But when we come back, we're going to be talking with our friends from AccuScore to break down a few more matchups. To light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Free Kick. We're with our friends from AccuScore this segment. We've had a bunch of games that we have to get to, but we got the two matchups that we would like to discuss on this one. Liverpool versus Bournemouth. We know Liverpool had that shocking loss against Watford. Do Liverpool rebound and win this one? Every team needs to lose eventually, and uh, Liverpool's time was up now, so uh, that's about it. Watford was a better team. They used their chances better than Liverpool did. Um, Liverpool has had some issues lately in uh, creating chances and breaking down defences that they were so good previously. So that's something that Jurgen Klopp will have to take a look at. But I believe that they are still the best team in the league and uh, this was just a fluke on the way to their uh, championship. So um, it's probably just a good thing. It's a wake-up call, put their feet back to the ground keep working, keep winning the games that they need to in order to win the Premier League and then probably try to renew their Champions League uh, title hunt as well. Um, Burnmouth is fighting for their lives in Premier League. They are not that bad a team. There is probably three, three worse teams in the league than they are, but their results haven't been very good. Late, uh, last weekend they drew against Chelsea which was an excellent result for them but they were under a lot of pressure all the game so if they allow that to happen against Liverpool they stand no chance um, and Liverpool is a lot better team than Chelsea so I see there no issue for uh, the champions to to take the game. Um, in AccuScore simulations Liverpool are 
80% favorite, so it's uh, also quite clear. Uh, Burnmouth only gets 5% and the draw gets 15. So it is a home win in our papers. Liverpool has been the clear favorite in the last uh, four matchups when Bournemouth has visited uh, Anfield Road. And um, out of those four, three has been uh, clear home wins. One was uh, two to draw. But as the odds have been very low for the Liverpool in these games, uh, uh, the value that you have found from the home win has not resulted the great betting wins, but you have a, a barely break even in those uh, bets. The expectation is that Liverpool will be bouncing back in this one, but if you had to pick a total in general in this matchup, would it be a team total, a game total? What do you guys like? Uh, for the total, um, the last two games have been clear 3-0 victories for Liverpool against uh, Bournemouth. And uh, how do you see it, Tommy? Will it be similar kind of result? And uh, uh, total bet will be under as the current line is uh, 3.25. Or will there be more goals scored um, in this game, both sides? It's likely to be quite one-sided affair, I think. Uh, Liverpool attacking, Burnmouth defending and just hoping to get something out of the game. Um, Liverpool probably learned their lesson from the Watford defeat and they try to finish the game off early, score a couple of goals and just make sure that they don't need to fight until the bitter end because they need to conserve some energy for their midweek uh, session against Atletico Madrid in Champions League. Um, in simulations, Liverpool scores 2.31 goals, while Burnmouth scores 0 0.44. Um, so in that regard, Liverpool is the one scoring the goals, but I would still go under three goals in this game, because Burnmouth is very unlikely to score against that good Liverpool defence. All right, guys, that hopefully will be a great matchup. We're going to move over here to America in the States. Toronto FC versus NYC FC. We know the season has just started, and the MLS can be a little bit difficult to read at times, but who do you have winning this matchup? The start of the season is always very tricky to predict, and uh, we'll see how the teams perform a little bit later on better. Um, but so far, both teams have played one game. Uh, Toronto drew 2-2 with San Jose and uh, City lost to Columbus 1-0. Uh, so not the best of starts for either of the teams. Um, Toronto goes into this game as a favorite. Um, they are playing at home, which is a massive advantage in MLS overall. Um, they did lose in uh, MLS Cup final last year, so they are a brilliant team and still are uh, one of the, the favorites to take the, the cup as well. Um, City, on the other hand, won the regular season Eastern Conference uh, last year, um, but lost in conference quarterfinals to Toronto. So they have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder for sure still. Um, they are st as well, as Toronto is, New York City is one of the biggest favorites uh, in the East to go to the finals and take the MLS Cup. Um, in AccuScore simulations, Toronto is 44% likely to win. Uh, City wins 32% and the draw gets 24%. So if you compare this to the odds, uh, we would go with the City or a draw in this case, because Toronto is favored by odds around 55%. MLS have been uh, tricky to predict all the time, and this game is not any kind of exception. In the past, we have uh, predicted away or draws uh, to have some values, but uh, it has been home wins and um, draws in those games without any good results in betting. Yeah, this one has been a pretty good rivalry over the years and hopefully that continues as well. But if you would have to pick a team to go over or under their team total, which one would it be and why? Uh, but how do you see totals, uh, Tommy, as uh, all the previous matchups when City has visited Toronto have been under? Is there value to bet the individual team overs in this matchup or shall we continue to bet unders as a game total? 
Both of the teams have some heavy hitters in MLS level. Um, Toronto uh, has Altidore and Pozuelo in their lineup and New York City will answer with uh, Heber and Ionita. So um, quite level in that, that regards and very good goal scorers in both teams. We're expecting quite a bit of goals. Toronto scores 2.02 on average and City gets 1.72. Um, so both teams are likely to score more than one and a half. Um, based on this though, I would still go with Toronto scoring over one and a half goals in this game. Tommy Tumas, thank you so much for all the information that you give us over at AccuScore. Guys, check them out on Twitter at AccuScore and their website AccuScore.com. Gio, we're going to be straying away a little bit from gambling. This affects gambling to a certain extent because it affects the outcome of games directly, and that's VAR, obviously. And I just want to pull out my phone here, use it a little bit as a prop, um, to talk about technology, right? Because technology so many times gets lost between generations, right. right? Because there is a generational gap between technology. We know it between our parents, our grandparents, and even with us, even our younger siblings, if you have younger siblings, right? So I always like to use VAR as an example that it's like an iPhone. When when an older person goes back to the Apple store and they complain about the phone, oh, this phone's not working well, it's not doing the right things that I want it to do. Meanwhile, it is the person that is using the phone that doesn't know how to use it correctly. The phone itself has no issues at all. And I think that can be applied to VAR, Geo, because simply the way VAR is being used is not being used correctly. It's the rules that are involved. It's the referees that are not using it correctly. Um, they're not getting the right and proper angles that they could be using for that. We've seen it throughout time. Obviously, one of the main ones was Everton versus Manchester mm -hmm. United over the past weekend. Carlo Ancelotti got the red card for that, uh, for disputing it afterwards. We see it all the time in Italy, all, all the controversy surrounding subjectivity of calls of, of the handball rule and what's a handball what's not a handball what has been your overall take of VAR do, do you agree with me to the extent that the technology of VAR is good but it's not being applied right no I, I agree 100% I think that the whole the overall concept of having VAR is to make the decisions cleaner right for the game and to get the decisions right so I'm not against VAR itself yeah but the rules underlining the VAR and just how it's used just it it makes the VAR kind of set up for failure right it, yeah. it, it, that's why people are complaining it's because of the rules being way too subjective for example just to shy away from the Calvert-Lewin goal or I mean sorry the Everton goal real quick yeah in Italy we study out right we see this whole handball rule and we see VAR being used sometimes the handballs are given a penalty sometimes they're not and it just seems like people are going to complain, oh, is it because of this team? Is it because of that team? It's because the interpretation of the referee, it's just too subjective. Yeah. You know, uh, one referee will say, no, it's... It, it, well, so, it's so, so give him a breakdown of what exactly the rule change has been in Italy. So basically, I think the easiest way to explain it is anytime the ball touches your arm, it's a handball. Yeah. Which is absolutely ridiculous because if you're a stiff like this and you have your arms up against your body, what else can you do? Like you can chop off your arms and prevent the ball from hitting your arms if you're in, in a straight position like this and your arms are against your body and the, and the ball hits your arm they're calling that a handball in, in turn that has nothing to do with var that has to do with a rule being completely stupid yeah and even let's say you're going off for a corner right? you're jumping up and your mom you can't jump with your it's hard to really jump with your hands behind your back or like this you can do it but i'm just saying when you're trying to get momentum let's say for a clearance or even and, the davide calabria right one and, when when, it, when he's and back even is if facing the ball him. isn't hitting you in the direction of the goal it's just at this point in in the league it's all right we're going to var it's usually a penalty you yeah. know and that's a, and that's a problem uh we saw what your team's locked on yeah. one angle will show you it hits his arm another angle maybe comes off the stomach fans, fans shouldn't the get the angle that we see at home because sometimes we see it within the nfl even the nba sometimes that we're viewing angles that we see that that's not a handball right. we clearly see it hit off his stomach so why us the fans the viewers are seeing something completely different than the guys that should have the best view possible in var and again that that is just the ability of not applying this correctly because yeah. if you're not using the technology right like how are you going to blame the iphone for not calling someone correctly when you're not pressing dial right, right. that's not the phone's fault that's your fault for not using the phone right 
it's not VAR's fault that you're viewing the wrong camera angles or you're interpreting the rule in a poor way because at the end of the day, VAR is there to get things right because one goal that we could talk about and I like to talk about often is Frank Lampard's goal that was taken away against Germany in the World Cup. Okay. Now you want to go back and talk about that. You hate VAR, but in that moment in time, we're still talking about a goal that was disallowed 10 years later. We can get rid of that conversation if we get the goal right by using VAR. Yeah, I mean, I just feel like it just really comes down to, we see other sports, right? Wanting to nail the rules right so that when video replays are, sure. are, are concerning that, you get it right. And that's what I think it is. You, got to, you have to find something that's really objective. So VAR, people using the VARs, or refs using the VARs in, in the room back there, looking at the replay, know what they're doing. And I think that's really what's the underlying cause. Will VAR be a success at the end of the day, yes or no? I think it's needed to police the game, but a lot of people will say no. All right, but when we come back, we're going to be talking about some more top Premier League matchups. Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. VAR has obviously been a major controversy throughout the sport. There's no disputing that. And then once again, that took place, as we just discussed, with Everton and Manchester United over the weekend. That affects Everton and Chelsea heading into this matchup on the weekend. Look, let's face it, Carlo Ancelotti getting the red card after the match, discussing with the referees about the issue involving the David De Gea goal. Um, and the whole VAR controversy there. He won't be there on the sidelines for Everton. This is a pretty big matchup for Everton, not only because they want to get closer to a European spot, especially bringing in Carlo Ancelotti that they wanted to salvage the season. They've done a pretty good job of that. Chelsea, I mean, they're, they're, they're a difficult team to read at this point. I really want to stay away from them, but we can't stick away from a matchup like this, right? At this point, Chelsea has so many different variables going on that have been affecting their season. It basically seems like they're out of the Champions League after allowing so many goals to Bayern at home at Stamford Bridge. Gio, what is going on with Chelsea? Do you like betting on them? Do you, do you even want to consider it? No, I mean, it's hard to really consider even betting on them for a draw or anything like that, like goals, you just can't anything. tell where, they're, where it's going to go. And, you know, I think a really big part of that is the injuries. They're, they have suffered a lot. I mean, and that's kind of a common thing for a lot of teams this season, right? Man United has gone through a lot of injuries. Man City, um, and Arsenal just hasn't played well. That doesn't mean it, yeah, you know, yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter on injuries. But, <laughs> but no, listen, I mean, Chelsea's really banged up. Um, you know, Giorgino's going to be suspended for this matchup. Uh, Conte's out. A lot of players, other uh, other players, uh, banged up. Pulisic hasn't really been able to really play much at all this season. So it's it's a mess. It's a mess at Chelsea. I think that you know they're still in a great spot considering what's happened to them. Expectations um, heading into the season. A lot of people oh, didn't they even were, really expect them. They were low. Champions. They were low. And and I I wrote here also. You know they've only uh, won once in the Premier League since January 11th. So to say that they're still in fourth with a couple points ahead. Um, and, and they're going to be in conversation for that fourth spot, if not the third spot, because Leicester's starting to fall, yep. right? It's just, it's just a culmination of everyone starting to play badly. And, and Leicester and Chelsea have gone on both their bad runs at the same time. So it kind of benefits both teams as, you know, one of them might get that spot. But it, it's going to be down to the wire because now you have Man United coming from behind. Uh, Everton's an outside shot because they're like, they're eight points away. You never know. I mean, it's just eight weird. Isn't completely there's ten games. Ten games. You just, there's thirty points out there for teams to get. So you don't really know where it's going to go. But I'd stay away from Chelsea. I'm just too scared. You don't you know you don't know which Abraham's going to step up if he even comes back because he's been injured as yep. well. You don't know if, Giroud, if you have to play all you know Giroud out there. Yeah. Giroud. He, he's he's not a bad player, but in terms of goal scoring no, that they need desperately, he's not the guy that you want to turn to. For me, this is 
is this is something that we talked about in earlier shows earlier this year that Chelsea still haven't beaten Everton since Antonio Conte was there, right? And I believe that was from August of 2018. So you have to go all the way back once again. And we were talking about in the last time that this happened that we thought Chelsea would finally break that and win that game. Everton now going into this plus 370 on the money line, plus 280 with the draw, minus 135 because Chelsea is at home at Stamford Bridge. Do you like taking Everton in this? I mean, plus 370, they've they've shown a tendency to play well against Chelsea, but no Ancelotti on the sideline. I think that is absolutely a big deal when you can't have one of the greatest managers of his era. Yeah, and, and when you're talking about money line, especially if you want to lean towards that, I get that the plus money is nice and big. You can make some, some great money off that. But if I'm going to choose something, for, personally, I'm going to go towards a draw in this matchup. I feel like you mentioned Achinalti not being there. Listen, he's completely turned his team around, and I know firsthand what he can do because he, he coached Napoli this season, you know, before he came to Everton. And, you know, whatever the whole story was there, it's not been the case in the Premier League. He has been, just been unstoppable. They have been on fire. Calvert-Lewin under him has been scoring left and right. He has 13 goals now. And they only have one Premier League loss. So it's kind of the opposite of Chelsea. They've only lost once in the league since January 1st. So that's two whole months, only one loss in the league. That's pretty impressive. They've gone away from being near the t- bottom of the table. They're, they're in the middle now, and you never know if they go on some huge run where they can end up. Um, but I like, if I had to lean towards a team, um, I, I can't choose either of them because they're also at, you know, Stanford Bridge. It's, 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 it has to do with it. You know, the atmosphere changes when you're on the road. Absolutely. But a plus 280 draw, I love that as well. Um, and I think you're going to get goals in this matchup, to be honest with you. I think yeah. it'll be maybe a sloppy game. I think you'll get an over two and a half, so you can hit three goals. Chelsea could have gotten more than the three goals that were scored on him in that Bayern matchup. I mean, oh, yeah. that, that was really poor defense. And we say it, too, all the time with Chelsea. I don't love that. I don't love their goalkeeper in uh, Kepa. And they have a mess at goalkeeper because they've been playing Caballero instead of Kepa. Yeah, they you started they, Willy Caballero right, they, in, in that last time. three or four games. He's older than Petr Cech right now. Do, do yeah, you actually realize how absurd that I is? Petr Cech is that. now currently working in management for Chelsea at the same time. At this point, why not just tell him to come out and, and, and just sign with them and get back in between the net? Because at this point, it's a complete disaster there, and they're going to have to figure out something over the summer as well. And, and, and to me, again, that goes back to what happened in January. How does Chelsea not make any moves, right? They know they have to. This is a very young team. They needed to bring in some experience there. I know they're, they're making some more moves that they want to bring in guys prior to the summer. They want to sign them now and announce some of these deals. With Ziyech was one of those guys that they pulled off, similar to what they did with Pulisic last year. But, but again... Chelsea, you have the opportunity here to go and get that fourth spot, lock it up, bring in some veteran leadership. They don't do that, and now they're struggling here, and, and they're going to be laboring to get that fourth spot. How confident are you in them getting that fourth spot? I still think it's a high possibility. Don't get me wrong. Because you have to factor in all these injuries that Spurs have to deal with. There's also Manchester United you don't fully trust even though they're looming within Mm -hmm. the shadows. Even Leicester City, you're right, you brought that up to a certain point. Even if they're not playing well, there's a scenario in which Chelsea can jump ahead. what, what has to happen for you? Is there a certain lineup that you have to see going into this weekend to bet Chelsea on the money line? Well, this it's week, minus 135. This weekend, it's hard for me just because you have so many guys out. Conte, if you don't have Conte or Jorginho in your midfield, you're, you're almost done for. I mean, That's one of the better midfield combos absolutely. in the world. And don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Kovacic has been you know pretty good for them. He when, stepped it up this year. He has been good. He has been. I've, I've seen a better attitude from him as well, better yeah. play. I think Lampard really likes him as well because he's constantly uh, playing with them. But then if you lose your two starting midfielders, and I understand also Chelsea fans, there's a lot that it's kind of split with Jorginho. And you, you've seen him firsthand in the league we watch a lot. But... It, it's different in the Premier League, right? The role is not the same. They find they um, find any little thing to criticize that guy. And for. listen, he's not the type that'll win you the ball because he, he's not fast. He is the organizer of your midfield, right? You have Conte to win back the balls, also be fine at distribution, but then Jorginho steps in there. He's kind of just 
controlling the flow of where the field's being moved, right? Left, right, center, whatever it is. But the fans are just idiotic. But him out, I know, but I mean, just him out, it's not going to be the same. You have both of them out. The midfield is going to be a mess, you know, and then you have to plug in players that you usually don't plug in there or just are, you know, your depth players. What do you think would have been a more fair number than minus 135? What do you think, do you... What do you think is playing a part into this with these odds coming out like that? Because, again, when we record this stuff, we don't truly know what, right. what the lineups are going to be at this point. Sometimes things change like that. Ancelotti, I guess they're just assuming he's that big of a deal that he isn't going to be there, that Everton really doesn't really have a chance right. to pull I, this out. I mean, also, Chelsea being home is a big factor as well. And I, we mentioned, I've already been talking about it, the disparity between the places, it seems like it's such a big gap. It's really not. But, the, but they've lost so many games against teams that they should not be oh, dropping yeah. points against. And, and that's why, at this point, it's kind of difficult to just really talk about them in general because I think... For my money, they're the most difficult team to get a read on in the Premier League at this point, including Spurs. I know Spurs had that run, but you can kind of see it coming because they've had the injuries at yeah. that point. With Chelsea, they're really they're really fully healthy now, and, and you're just thinking to yourself, does it have to tie in with the fact that this is a very young squad? First-year manager in the Premier League with Frank Lampard. They're going to have this turbulence where they have these bumps and stretches that it's difficult for them to pull out points I think this is this is definitely one of those matches that they have a difficulty doing that. Yeah, I, I 100% agree with that. And if you look at Everton too, they've been getting if it, if they don't get wins, they've been getting draws against decent teams. You know, they've been getting the results that they that they are looking to get. Um, I think with finally they have a, a striker they can rely on because we we also know that you know Keane going from Juventus to Everton we thought he would have such a, mu a much bigger impact and they didn't really get that impact so early in the season you they know they weren't even they, playing they, him they, whatsoever yeah they weren't getting him any minutes you know I for, I the, whoever was there before Ancelotti really wasn't using him and using him the wrong way and now he's not even playing as or just not producing as much but now you have Calvert Lewin stepping up right and we're used to like Sigurd, uh, Sigurdsson doing yep. a lot more and he hasn't been having you know a great season Dinier also was out with injury so yep. I'm impressed that they've even come this far honestly I've, I'm I'm honestly impressed that they've gotten these results you know like I mentioned one loss in two months is pretty damn good you know I, and, and going, where they were they, they, were, they were worried about relegation yeah so. and they almost beat Man United they should have you know they're going to be confident going into this matchup yep. I, I, I see no reason why they should even be plus 370 you know, okay. I, I, I can be fine with Chelsea being one, minus 135, but Everton maybe a plus 200, you know? not Considering how well they usually play against Yeah, and Chelsea. the form counts. You sure. Know? You have to so so you said you envision a lot of goals there, and so I want to bring up, because FanDuel Sportsbook, this is one of the best things about the, um, the sportsbook, is that you can bet different types of totals, right? Mm -hmm. You could go over under two and a half goals, over under three and a half. So you like a lot of goals. Four goals isn't completely out of the question when we're talking about this. Over three and a half goals is at plus 196. Is that something, like to me, I definitely could see that happening. The, the under there, under three and a half, minus 245, I know we like to always keep the barometer around two and a half goals, but since you like a lot of goals to come in this matchup, there isn't particularly a lot of great goal scorers in this. And I know you're kind of basing it off of the lack of midfield. There's going to be more opportunities because it's not going to be as defensive as a matchup. These two teams don't have great back four right. defensive lines. The goalkeeper issues, which we highlighted, would you be inclined to do over three and a half? There's absolutely a scenario where you can get that. You know me playing it safe, I'd rather say two and a half, but there is sure. a there is a scenario where you get this. You mentioned it too. Like, would you would you just wait for the lineups? I would wait for the lineups. You want to see who they're playing and also Everton, uh, how they line up away on the road, if they're going to line up maybe a little bit more defensively, trying to hold the midfield. I don't see that happening. I think it's going to be a loose cannon. They're really just going to go for it. I think you'll see a lot of chances back and forth. Yeah, I could, even even the over two and a half, minus one thirty, that feels a lot more yeah, safe I like because that. you can see a scenario where it's two to one. But even the over three and a half, we're saying like if you if this plays to a draw, could you see two two draw? Yeah, real quick? of course. Why not? I mean, there's no reason not to because, uh, like I said, Everton has an informed. Are you okay? So Kepa or Willy Caballero starts in that. I, I, what do you? Who are you more confident in? If it's Caballero, do you think less goals? No, I just think I think they play. They should play Kepa, but I okay. think that even, either one they're going to concede. I mean, none of them is playing right. well. Expect lots of goals in this, but when we come back, we're going to be talking other top matchups. 
Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Free Kick on the Sports Grid TV network. You can check us out on all the different channels, especially on YouTube, where you can get some of these clips if you miss the show. There's obviously so many matchups that we love to get into, but the best and biggest matchup of all was saved for the last segment, and that's the Manchester Derby. Manchester City and Manchester United have had some of the more entertaining games this season, whether it's the FA Cup, Carabao Cup, I mean, you name it, all the competitions, including the Premier League. We're back to the Premier League now. Manchester United has beaten Manchester City twice this season, and that is something that we have not seen. We've gotten that wrong. We will admit that when we get stuff wrong on this show. It's very hard to find that in other places, especially people who don't like to admit they're wrong on certain topics. I have no shame. I have no humility. We've been spot off on a couple of these things. Look at this. I mean, Manchester United heading into this now. They're at Old Trafford, plus 460 on the money line, plus 340 draw. Man City, minus 180 on the road going in there. We know they've been playing some really great football as of late. They're getting players back from injuries. They had that great result against Real Madrid over the weekend. Gio, do you, do you like the lines that are coming out here, Manchester City being favored like they are? I mean, I don't, I don't see why they aren't. You know, I, okay. I agree with that. At minus 180, I would have right. liked maybe just because they are her way, you know, just to give us some more, uh, maybe. But, uh, they, but Manchester no, United has played well. No, against they have. Them. They have played well against them, and even just in general lately, the Bruno Fernandez signing has really changed this team. I think you know they Good finally for have him them because there's tons oh, yeah. of pressure when they bring in big money players like like we've seen Harry Maguire, we've seen Aaron Wan Bissaka. Mm -hmm. They don't necessarily live up to the hype in the amount of money that Manchester yeah. United spent on them. Bruno Fernandez, immediate. Well, he impact. looks like just a person that he has on the field it looks like he he's excited to go at that go out there under pressure and he doesn't really care what happens because he's gonna go play out his game I mean he's played what four games uh, assists whether it's assists or goals he's getting yeah. it done he's creating chance for them I'm honestly very impressed by him as well because you also have um, the thing where you come into a midfield and you're also trying to say hey what was the last really big midfield that we signed it's Pogba and you know there's that name's and always that, that, floating that's around a, that's such a whole segment within oh, itself oh absolutely and that's always a name that floats out around with the likes of going back to Juve the Real Madrid you know so yeah. a lot of pressure especially with the price tag for him to come in I'm very impressed with what, he, with what he's done so you know even even in this game, I think they're going to gravitate around him. It's going to come from him where, where they can create the chances. Marcel's done a, a pretty good job without yeah. you know Rashford, Rashford there to there. partner with him. They have start, scored goals. Which is the craziest part on how much better they're playing without Marcus Rashford because everyone is sitting there thinking Marcus Rashford was the whole reason right, that right. Manchester United even had a pulse this season. Then all of a sudden you're sitting there thinking to yourself, okay, then where was this with Marcus Rashford? Right. Were they depending too much on him because at a certain point in time when you just run everything through one player you be you can become dependent on him sort of like Barcelona with Messi even at times with Juve you see with Cristiano Ronaldo that players are so great that he kind of just like okay let's not worry about our other right. flaws here we could just depend on him he can go and go get the goal and carry us now it kind of seems like Manchester United is playing a little bit more as a team but we go back again to the betting stuff in this Manchester United has played so well against them Plus 460 feels very, very high for them at Old Trafford. No, it, no? It, it really does. And I think even if you look at the Everton game, I know the whole VAR situation was there. We've touched on this. But if De Gea never makes that mistake, you know, they could have come out there with with a tight victory. You never know. That's a, that's a hindsight of talk, course, right? Of course, You can never really go back But still, there. it's the fact that they were playing like that. And if it comes down to VAR, VAR is out of their hands. Right. What they can control is how well they play, and they play well. Yeah, and, and they've been getting some results lately as well. I mean, I do still like... 
you know, unfortunately for Man United fans, I really mm-hmm. still do like Man City. I think they finally gained some momentum. Listen, I mean, there's no point in worrying about the league because they're not going to win the league. Do you think no one they're else playing with league. house money since the ban, the ban coming down from UEFA that, like, this doesn't matter if we're going to be guilty and, and go forward with no Champions League? Let's put all of our chips at the center of the table and go yeah, for and this Yeah, and we've thing. seen it in other tournaments too, right? They just won a the title Carabao over the Cup. weekend, yeah. right? And so the, they also went into the Bernabeu. The smaller than this laptop, by the way. Yeah, well. So I, mean, you know. I mean, I think it's just one of those made-up trophies it's you know you know when they have those stupid bowl games in college right, football right, right. where they're just constantly making it up like Doritos spicy chili nacho cheese Here's bowl that that yeah it's just like the <laughs> fifth cut and that's the Carabaro cup or even the tro- how about this we like to rip Roma that trophy that they won over the over the oh, summer yeah, I think it was it just looked like it was a, it was a, a tree that you plant in your back <laughs> in your backyard I mean uh, I mean let, let's face it Roma's only got two league titles over the course oh, of their history you have to take shots. a dig at them well no 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 they, they do deserve shots. A team that talks as big as that haven't won a trophy in over a decade, they deserve it. I but it. I, I digress. It. We continue going. No, I was just Manchester saying, uh, I, I think you're right when it comes to uh, talking about the ban. Listen, I don't think the players necessarily themselves have a point to prove because it's not like the play. It's not like it was a cheating scandal. You know what I mean? As, as in the play- players Well, this goes were- back to 2012 and 2016 where the violations, a good amount of the core of these players came a little bit after that. Right. And so I don't think that it's necessarily on them to say, hey, we have to go out there and prove to people. I just think that they're more concentrated now. We saw that, I was going to say, going into the Champions League game, hey, if we're not going to be in this competition next year, then maybe we should try to win it. And they got two away goals that are very important. I mean, that's they're, a, they're that's heavily the whole favored. thing, too. Even though they did lose the league to Liverpool, right, they're sitting there thinking to themselves, okay, when, when we originally won that one when Aguero scored the goal, it was the Queen's Park Rangers game. It was one of the greatest games that you'll ever see. They won that title, and they've won a couple more since then, right? So now you're kind of thinking at the back of your head, uh, maybe the Premier League title isn't really something that we should be worrying about and want to be chasing. What we really want to be worried about is getting over the Champions League hump. We brought in Pep Guardiola for that specific reason because they won with Pellegrini, they won with Mancini. What they really want to do is lift that Champions League title because that's something they're missing, right? That's the kind of validation that they are one of the top clubs in the world. They have been one of the top clubs in the world simply because of their domestic dominance and then what they've been doing in the Champions League. They've been playing well, but they have suffered heartbreaks, right? The defeat to Monaco, the defeat to Spurs just last year. Everything is about them just getting over this hump. And I think they are going to put all that energy in there. And we said... We, we didn't think that they're a great team to place bet and money on to win the Champions League. I know we're striding a little away from that game. But to just simply talk about that, that we could see them potentially doing that. We're not saying Man City is incapable of winning right. these tournaments. We said they are capable of that. But now, are, are they changing your mind a little bit that they're able to do that? Well, they are, because if you remember earlier in the year, we said that they had the capability, but we were just a little more confident in Real Madrid winning the tie. Because, and, and the injuries were right. a major and, factor. And that was a point where Real Madrid was finally playing, you know, they were on a roll without finally a post-Ronaldo Real Madrid team where you're you're confident in them. They're back on top of the league right now, by the way, after El Clasico, yep. big win for them. Um, but then Man City comes out and turns that game around, you know, on the road. So absolutely, they have the chance to win, and uh, they can match up with anybody. You, you first, you have. It's very difficult to, to I must say, to sorry to interrupt, but no. the Bernabeu, you're down one nothing over there, right? So, so now you're sort of thinking like Real Madrid is playing way better than Manchester City, and you're thinking to yourself, okay, now this is more of the more of the same, right? We're going to lose another tie here. Looks like Real Madrid was about to get a second goal, and that's not the kind of deficit that you want heading back in there. Right. But they showed their resolve. Kevin De Bruyne stepping up and showing why he is the best midfielder in the world. And they come back and they win that. They could have easily, again, missed that penalty as well because there's even more pressure there in the Bernabeu. Again, we talk about the history of English teams there. To me, mentally, that showed a new side of Manchester City for me and something I really like moving forward. Yeah, and that's what I think they carry into the Derby. We've seen time and time again that Derbies are always, you know, the closer matchups and and sometimes you play tight. You know, and they've lost twice already. They want to beat them. 
uh, this season. And I think you talked about the guy. It's going to be, De, you know, a De Bruyne show. He has to be the guy to really create the chances. I've been impressed, actually, by the way, that they've played without Aguero. They don't really always... They didn't even start Aguero and right. Ryan and They barely used him. The and they didn't need him because Jesus has been playing very well for them, getting goals in pretty key moments. Mm-hmm. Mares, I like as well. He's been pretty, pretty good for them as well in the league and also in the Champions League. But it all starts with KDB, right? I mean, yeah. De Bruyne is the guy... Um, I mean, he's going to control this matchup. I think that that's what they want to prove. I think if anything, they just want to prove we need to win against Manchester United this season because, you know, there's been a couple of losses. But I don't think they need a, a point to prove in terms of a ban or whatnot. I, I think that it, it's going to suck for them if they're not going to be in the Champions League. It's going to stink for them just because of the team that they we have. We still have to see what the appeal yeah, will be. Yeah, and we have to see what if there's a point deduction. You know, like we don't know what's going to happen yet. That's out of our hands. It's, yeah. When the investigation closes, we will talk about that on the show. Um, but I, I lean towards Man City here, just talking about the game. Yeah. I, I, I know it's on the road, um, but they've just been playing so well lately. Is this one of these tight, narrow victories that you see? Because, again, we, we love going with the over-under 2.5. The under 2.5 is plus 124. The over minus 152. I mean, I, I could see, I want to say a one nothing win for City. But if I see it sticking under, then I would see a draw coming into play here, which I'm not that sure is going to happen. I think we're going to see a winner in this, simply because I do think Manchester City wants to prove that they can beat Manchester United. Because can you imagine, like, not even beating Manchester United once, considering the talent and wage gap between these two teams? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a massive win and moral victory for Manchester United. That's bragging rights. Bragging rights do matter. Whether or not Manchester United is close to being as good of a team as Manchester City is, we know for a fact in city rivalries and derbies, that matters. No, I mean, in derby, especially when you talk about direct rival, you know, that it's, it's basically your neighbor. It's just right to you. Hey, you're either to my left or to my right. This is what you talk about. And I think I still think it's going to be close, like you said. Listen, even close for me. See, like 2-1. We, yeah, because we all have different definitions of what close means. Sure. You know, 2-1 close for me. Close can be scoreline and then right. game. And I, I think 2-1 is a nice scoreline for me, too. That's close for me. Um, because I don't see a five nothing win, right? I don't see I don't see yeah. uh, shellacking from one of these teams. I see it being pretty close. I don't think these teams really do draw much when they play each other. There's always somehow there is a winner. So I think you got to pick one, you know, either side. I don't think I would ever go for the draw, which is still nice at plus three forty. If you're thinking that when we're talking about this, because I give some credit to Man United, they have been in good form. You know, even though their defense may not be impressive, they've somehow gotten results lately. Um, and, and they're in the conversation for, for, for the fourth spot. They're three points behind Chelsea I at, know, the, at the yeah. time that we're making this, this. That's more this of an indictment on the league, I think. Right, yeah. Manchester United there have been a so. lot of teams underplaying, but I lean towards Man City. It's just okay. too hard for me. So, Man also. City, money line, would you like to lean over or under? What would you like to go with? I'll, I'll, I'll put myself on the line to say over. I know that's I also, that. I mean, that's. The, a, the, the weak points in both of these teams, again, is the back line. Defensively, yeah. Yeah. So I, I do agree with that. I think I would probably lean to that. But I wouldn't bash you if you were to pick Manchester United on the money line just because that number is so big and they have played so well against Manchester City. It is not completely out of the equation, but for a matchup like this, I'm actually And look at the lineups. Back. Make no, sure no, you guys look at that. The lineups are always key. Check out our Twitter for that kind of stuff. But that'll do it for the show this week. Thank you guys so much for watching and giving us support. Please like, follow, subscribe on YouTube, and we'll see you next week. Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid.